We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. What's up, Relevant Church? I hear y'all acting ratchet out here. You acting up. You see, I was at the back and I heard everything. You guys acting up today. We have to know that we are a church, that we're not stuffy, and we, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take God seriously. And I just want to say welcome home. If this is your first time here or your hundredth time here, I want to say welcome home. I am super excited to be the one that ends this summer series. I am super excited to share God's word with you. For those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Christine Wenya, and I get to be one of the lead pastors alongside my husband, Pastor Muta, who is in Memphis right now. Is that where he is? That's where he is. Uh, he in Memphis uh, on God's mission, preaching the word out at a church, Pioneer Church there. Um, and so I get to be the one up front today to share God's word with you. See, here at Relevant Church, Like you guys always know, we want to let everybody discover and learn that Jesus is relevant. Jesus is relevant on your jobs. He is relevant in your home. He's relevant in your families. People need to know that Jesus is still relevant. And we do that by passionately following Jesus, by loving across boundaries. If you look in here, there's people of all different demographics, people of all different cultures, backgrounds, ages. We want to love across boundaries and we want to make a tangible difference in our community, our region, and our world. And that is our mission and vision. I want to give a shout out today. I had a special surprise today that... um, I ain't know about, you get what I'm saying? Surprises are, you don't know about surprises, right? So uh, I turned around and I saw somebody that looked familiar. Somebody that I, I love their worship. I love their heart of worship. And so if you guys will give a relevant honor and welcome to Pastor David and his wife, Jessica. If you guys give a right here behind her. They pastor a church. If you guys don't know that we're part of a network called Link. Um, and they pastor a church out there. He's the worship pastor, creative pastor. He, he does a lot of different things, okay? But they pastor a church out in Res Life. And so I would call that church our aunties because we consider ourselves family. Link churches, we consider ourselves family. And so they've been in the game longer than we have. So their auntie or uncle, uh, Res Life Church out in Granville. So I just want to say thank you for honoring us today by being here. It was a surprise. I didn't, I don't know if my husband knew about it, but I didn't know about it. But I just want to say welcome home. Welcome home. Um, Y'all, we've been in this series. This series has been so good. This series has, what we've been doing in the summer playlist series is we've been taking songs that you guys have sent in. Songs from your summer playlist. These doesn't have to be Christian songs. These were all different type of songs. You know what I'm talking about. And we got to pick one of those songs and preach on either the chorus, the verse, or even a line of the song. Because we need to know that God works through every and anything there was one time I was watching a movie and and the person had a quote in their movie and I was like oh my goodness that quote was just for me thank you Holy Spirit in a movie right so God can take any and everything to make sure that his glory is seen to make sure that he reaches his sons and daughters and if he doesn't reach us if we don't shout out if we don't glorify him the Bible says that the rocks will cry out right so God is willing to use anything to reach his brothers and not his brothers and sisters my brothers and sisters but his daughters and his sons And today, I have chosen a song that brings me all the way back. Like, this is, it brings me back, back. Like, this is uh, back in fifth grade, y'all. This is 1992. Are you ready for the song for today? Because, you know, in the past, we've had some ratchet songs. We've had some songs that were really good in our message. But this one brought me home. This one touches home for me. Let's listen to that song. 
about that song? Who knows about that song? What about your friends? It says, what about your friends? Will they stand their ground? Will they let you down? What about your friends? Are they going to be low down? Will they ever be around? Or will they turn their backs on you? Lord Jesus, I ask that you move in this place today. I ask that you prepare our heart and our mind for the individually packaged message that you have for each of us. Because each of us are going to hear and experience this word in a different way. So Lord Jesus, open our hearts and our mind to receive whatever message you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have you ever heard of the quote, and I need you guys' help today. I need feedback. I need you guys to, to preach alongside me. I'm not up here doing it by myself, so I'm going to ask for your help. Have you ever heard of the quote, birds of a feather flock? Okay, you guys know that one. Or, or maybe this one, the only way to have a friend is to? Correct. Okay. And then this one, this last one, I, this is newer to me, but I loved it. It said, I would rather walk with a friend in the dark than alone in the light. I want you to pause right there and I want you to think. If that means closing your eyes, if that means I need you to picture three to five of your closest friends. Have you ever wondered who are my real friends? I'm not talking about just friends on Facebook because we have hundreds and thousands of those. I'm talking about friends that we know intimately, friends that know our struggles, friends that know what make us happy, friends that know our favorite ice cream, right? I'm talking about friends that are not just there to make you smile, but they are there to pick you up when you're down. Have you ever been put in a situation where you questioned, who are my friends? It's funny because I was recently put in that position a couple of months ago when I actually paused when somebody says, Christine, who are your closest friends? And I had to literally pause and be like, wow, can I even name them? Like, what about my friends? Will they stand their ground? Will they let you down? Will they ever be around? Or will they turn their backs on you? I remember in college, I grew up in the church. And just because you grew up in the church does not mean that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? So I grew up in church's tradition, going to church, you do the church phase, you say everything is, you sing, you praise, but I never had a relationship with God. You see, church is not just about religion, it's about a relationship. And I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ growing up, but I always say that I grew up in church. Well, as soon as I was 18 and I got the chance to go off to university, yo, haha, I am free. I'm no longer with my parents and I could do exactly and anything and everything that I wanted. And I had a group of friends. And before we went out partying, I remember I wasn't saved all my life, guys. Before we went out partying, uh, what we would do is have like a pre-party. We'd go to people's house. Youth, don't do this, Okay. It's just me. Uh, this is me sharing my story. This is me sharing my testimony. It doesn't mean it, when I fall and I make mistakes, it's, it's so that you don't do it in the future, okay? So we would have something called like the pre-party where you go and you, you know, listen to music. There was drinks there. There was drugs there. There was everything before you actually get to the real party. And knowing me all my life, I grew up in church, right? So I really didn't do drinking, I didn't do smoking, I didn't do any of that. And I went to a Christian university. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that's actually some of the worst ones to go to. Because there's so many kids that have grown up um, sheltered, so now they're free to do whatever they want to. And I went to this um, pre-party and my friends, they would sit around, there was music playing, right? And um, you guys know what kind of cup this is. This cup bring back memories for some people, right? This is the red solo cup. And I was sitting beside my friend, and, and he had a drink in his cup. And for me, he asked me, would you like a drink? I'm, I'm good, I'm good, thank you. I don't need anything. But knowing me, um, 
if I'm sitting down and I'm bored and I'm not doing anything, I have a tendency to put things in my mouth and eat, hence the size that I am. I, if I'm bored, I will eat or drink or whatever. Like, I always have to have my mouth moving. And so he had this cup in his hands. And so um, I just, while he was talking, I just grabbed it and be like, hmm, red juice. And I drank it. It was sweet. You know, say so it tastes like Kool-Aid. <laughs> but I didn't, know, I didn't know the effects of alcohol on my body at the time because I'd never drank. And so I drank, and I was like, this is some good stuff. Youth, it's not good. It was disgusting. It tastes nasty. All right? And I drank it. And then he looked down at his cup and realized it was empty. And he was like, did, did, you, drink, did you spill it? Did you drink all of it? And I was like, yeah. Um, oh, it's good. It was tasty. He was like, oh, you, you good? I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. And so he went back. He got more because I drank all his drink. And he continued to talk. And we were waiting because you had to wait for a certain time to go out to the party. Nobody wants to be at a, a party early, guys. You guys know that. Nobody wants to be at a party early. So we're sitting around. There's music playing. There's people talking. I don't know many people. So I just have my group of friends. They're talking. I'm sitting down. And he brings his cup out. And I'm like, I'm bored. Right? So what am I going to do when I'm bored? I'm going to take a little bit more. This time I didn't drink the whole thing. But then at the party, um, I started feeling a little hot. You know, I'm Canadian, so I had my turtleneck on, guys. I had my turtleneck on. Uh, and it was a short sleeve black turtleneck. I had my jeans on and my heels on. And um, I was feeling super hot. It was, maybe it was all the people and it was crowded, right? So I'm, I'm getting hot and I'm like, okay, but the door's open. So maybe I'll stand outside and get some fresh air. Um, but it was still hot. I was getting hotter outside. You see, um, whatever was in the Kool-Aid, I don't know if it was too much sugar in the Kool-Aid or whatever, um, it was making me too hot because that's Denver's favorite drink, Kool-Aid. Um, so... Um, yeah, I was getting hot, and I decided to take a walk. I'm going to remind you and let you know that this is Michigan in the dead of winter. I didn't have any coat on. I don't remember much, but I remember taking a walk. And um, it was on, uh, like, the, it wasn't, there was, no, there was no sidewalk. So I was just walking along the, you know, the road and the grass. If you keep on the road and the grass, you're good. Keep on the road and the grass, right? You'll stay on the path. And I walked along there, and then my friends came out, and they were upset. And they were, where have you been? We've been looking hours for you. And I was like, hours has passed? I didn't even realize that. And my friends grabbed me, and they got me in the car, and they brought me home, and they made sure that I had water by my bed, and they covered me with several different blankets because I didn't realize that after the effect of alcohol off of your body that I was frozen. My body was cold, but because of the alcohol effect, I didn't know that. But my friends were willing to miss an epic party to make sure that I was safe. They were willing to search hours to make sure that I was okay. You see, there are several different Bible stories that teach you what a friend should be and what a friend should be like. And I remember there's a story about even David and Jonathan in the Bible. And they, these friends were so close that they were like brothers. So it leaves me asking the question to you, not just what kind of friend you are, but what, not what kind of friends you have, but what kind of friend are you? Today we are digging into the gospel of Mark. So if you have your Bible, if you have your iPhone or your Android, um, <laughs> I, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 2. And in my Bible, it literally says the gospel. Is it okay if I teach a little bit as I go along? In my Bible, it says the gospel according to Mark. So there's four different gospel books in the Bible. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four are very parallel, meaning that if you read them, you're going to hear several of the stories just said in a different way. So this is the gospel according to 
mark. And the gospel is when Jesus was doing his ministry, when he started his ministry. So really, if you wanted to ever read the Bible and you had no place or didn't know where to start, start in the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talks about Jesus. And um, Luke, actually, he was a, a... doctor he was a physician so if you're looking for super detailed information you would start reading Luke first and then you go back and you read Matthew Mark and then John but those are the gospels and that is where we are taking our story from today let's start in verse 1 Mark chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. Where was he? And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching what? The word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by how many men? Four men, and when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he did what with their faith? He saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes, oh, nope, I'm not going there, my bad. Skip to verse 11, verse 11. I say to you, this is Jesus talking to paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went about before them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. I'm going to break down each verse little by little as we go along because I'm teaching through the gospel according to Mark. So the first verse, it says, and when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. You see, Jesus has been gone for a while. Jesus never really had a home. He was a missionary, so he was constantly moving from place to place, whether it was staying in tents or whether it was staying at friends' places. But it says it was reported that he was at home you see Pete this is this is not Jesus's home this is actually Peter's home this is Peter's home that he has but it says that Jesus was at home do you have those friends that when you go to their house it's your home you don't have to ask hey can I excuse me can I use your restroom please no you just walk up in there and do what you need to do you open the fridge I have those kind of friends where I go in and I open the fridge I'm like what you got today you know what kind of drink oh you got chicken yay you know I take it out and I warm it up but but you have to have those friends where their home is your home and you feel comfortable so it says that Jesus was at home You see, Jesus' uh, youth was viral before viral was viral, okay? It says that uh, they heard, there was reports that Jesus was coming home. There was whisper, there was talking that Jesus, because Jesus was famous. How about we keep making Jesus famous, y'all? How about we keep making the name of Jesus famous? It says that Jesus was reported that he came home. So there's talks that is going all throughout the city of uh, Capernaum, why was I going to mess up that name? Capernaum that day. So Jesus was there. People were talking. People heard about this, and they wanted to see Jesus. Verse number two, come with me together. Let's go. And it said, and many were gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. And as he was preaching the word to them, You see, this was a packed house. Have you ever been at a party or going somewhere, going to an event, a concert, where you get to the door and you see a line outside, you see a crowd, and you're like, nah, you know, never mind, I ain't going to do this. It's too much people. It's too crowded. I don't want people in my space. I don't want people to touch me, get away from me. But we understand that this in COVID time, there would be nothing like that. But this time, the room was packed. And some came to hear Jesus. Some came to see miracles taking place, and then some came to criticize and see, hey, is he supposed to be doing this? Is what he's saying really true? I want to wait for Jesus to slip up. Those were the Pharisees and the religious leaders that were there. And it's funny that Mark said, and I'm looking at the verse again, 
and he preached, uh, and he, Jesus, was preaching the word. Well, what else do you expect him to preach, Mark? You know, what else do you want Jesus to preach? But it's funny, as I was going through my Bible study, I was was reading through the message Bible, which is a different translation. I usually read through the, the ESV Bible, but for some reason, I'm going through the Bible in the message version just to hear how it sounds, how it's phrased. And I found this in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1. It's in the message Bible. It says, my dear friends... I love that they said friends, right? Were you talking about friends? Say, what about your friends? My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in this world. You see, a lot of preachers will preach. You will go to churches that they will give a good word. They will let you feel encouraged. It's a good feeling. Like you go to church to have a good feeling. But how about we go to church so we can hear the truth? right? How about we go to church so that we can open the word? So Mark is making it known that Jesus is preaching, but he's not just preaching a good word, a feel-good message. He's preaching the word, okay? Verse number three, it says, and they came bringing him to a, bringing, why am I messing up today? And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by how many men? Four. Four men. And it doesn't really say it in the Bible, but as you read commentaries, as you do research, it says that these four men are probably his friends. And these friends went out of their way to make sure that he got to experience Jesus. See, back in the days in the Jewish times in Israel and in Capernaum and all those places, they were looking at paralytics or people with that blindness or any illness, any harm that they were born with or just had after the fact. They would look at it as if it was a curse. So either your family has done something wrong or you have done something wrong. And so you are considered an outcast. But thank God that this paralytic had some friends that had faith that were willing to do what it takes to make sure that their friend experienced Jesus. Let's look at verse 4. It says, And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. You see, I want to paint a picture here. I want the Bible to come alive for you. These houses were houses with flat roofs. A lot of times the the roofs were used in Capernaum. They had hot, humid weather. And at night when people were too hot in the house, they would go and lay down under the stars to get the cool breeze coming. They would also use the rooftop to either ground and make flour or um, they would prepare foods or prepare um, uh, not just dishes but make pottery and stuff. They would do that all on the roof. So a lot of times when I was watching TV shows or growing up as a kid hearing this story, I thought of a a straw roof. This was no straw roof. You can't walk on straw, okay? This was a roof that was made out of, when I researched, it's made out of thatch, dirt, and tile. That means that they had to break apart something very hard in order to get their friend to Jesus. This is a side note. The four friends counted on Jesus' healing in the paralytic because it would be super hard for them to bring him back up out of the room. So these men went and did what they did in the faith and the hope that their friend would get up and walk out that front door. I've done enough to get him down, and I'm believing that he's going to walk out because there ain't no way in am I going to try to pull him up out of the roof. All right? Verse number five, it says, and when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus did what? Saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiveness. Forgiven. Jesus saw their faith. Faith is an action. You can see it. 
You could see it being moved. They, Jesus saw what they did. Jesus saw the measures to what it took to get their friend down from a roof, to travel with a friend that could not walk. In James chapter 2, verses 26, it says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Are you allowing your faith to have action? Are you walking when God says to walk? Are people seeing your faith? Because faith is not just a belief. I could believe in God all day long. But unless I act on his word, that's when faith is, is ignited. That's when people's hearts and souls can glorify God is when I act on my faith. Faith is action. Verse 11, we're jumping all the way down to verse 11. It says, I say to you, this is Jesus talking to the paralytic. He says, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and he went, right? Why? All Jesus had to say was rise. There is power in Jesus' words. Jesus didn't have to concoct anything. And although there's sometimes he will do that to get people's faith going, to see what he can do. But Jesus spoke and there was the sun. Jesus spoke and there was the stars. Jesus spoke and there's water. See, there's power in the words. And if the Holy Spirit is living inside of, then the words that we speak that are, are deemed from the Holy Spirit are yes and amen. And we need to speak with authority knowing that the Holy Spirit is upon us. We need to speak like if we believe God is going to do what he says he will do. There's power in Jesus' words. And verse 12, it says, and he arose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. That paralytic was brave and he was obedient He's been laying on this mat for I don't know how many years. I don't know if it, it's happened after his birth. I don't know if he was born like that. But he had to have it in his mind that says, Lord, he said it. I believe it. I will do it. He could have been embarrassed and tried to get up and it didn't work. And all the religious leaders are there. And so he had to put a level of faith to get up and move. By being obedient, others around him saw God's glory and glorified God. Because of his faith in action, others glorified God. Because of your faith in action, others can glorify God. You see, it took faith in action for Muta and myself to move to Niles, a place we did not want to be, so that we can see God's glory in action. It took faith for us to leave a three-bed home, the white picket fence, to move into a two-bedroom apartment, apartment to see God's glory being moved. It took us praying for several years that we will find a place on 11th Street and that we were not going to settle for any. Anything. We we're going to settle for what God has for us. It took faith in action for us to be in this space right now. Because of his faith in action, God was glorified. What are you willing to do for your friends? What about your friends? Will they stand their ground? Will they let you down? Will they be around? Or will they turn their backs on you? As we read this story, I want to focus on those four friends. I, I, need, I need some help here. I need, I need five, five people. Five people. I need five people. I got two, three, four, five. Okay, I got you four. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what to do. There's a, there's a sheet. You could go back down there. Ain't nobody asked you to come up. Come on back down there. Um, the, one, two, three. I have six people. I need five. five. I need just five. Just five. In Jesus' name. Our math ain't math in today, y'all. 
You saying? Our math ain't math in today. Okay. I need you four. You guys are our friends. Um, Elijah, you're going to be the paralytic. And I need you guys to, you better get on your mat. Get on your mat. You can't, you can't stand or walk. What you doing? Lay down. Okay. I'm going to give a disclaimer. Anything that's done today is not, uh, um, you know, po- responsible of relevant church. Any accident that happens is not responsible of relevant church. I'm going to say that. Do we have that recorded? Just okay. So in case the insurance, in case somebody gets hurt. So what I want you to do is I want you to climb up the stairs. Okay. You're going to climb up the stairs because that's what they, the, the friends had to do. They climbed up the stairs, right? Oh, struggles. I gave you a heavy one. Elijah, I need to stop eating. I need to stop eating you. Okay? And then I need you to, okay, you guys don't drop my son, okay? Um, then I want you to, to nicely release him down to the floor. Elijah, hold your head, boo-boo. Hold your head. Oh, Lord. Gee. Well, you know, you know when you try, you have an illustration in your head, but then on stage you're like, ah, Maybe not. Don't drop my son, y'all. Y'all. Hey. What if I ask you guys to go and pick him up right there for right now? You guys don't have to. You don't have to. That's fine. I wanted to ask you, how, how was that experience? How was that experience? Like trying to get him up the stairs, put him down. How did it feel to you? You've been working out? <laughs> Pastor Zach's like, I got this. Uh, how did it feel to you? What if I asked you to carry him and walk around this whole building about four or five times? <laughs> right? Let's give our volunteers a hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I wanted you to picture and imagine there's four people that have to carry. Come on, pick up your mat and walk in Jesus' name. Pick it up, pick it up, come on, in Jesus' name. Thank you guys so much. But I wanted you to imagine what it would be like. These guys were on mission, y'all. This wasn't some easy task. This wasn't, they had to walk distances. There was no, um, oh, let's get the donkey out, let's get the horse out. No, they walked distances. Not only that, these houses had stairs on the side of the house in order to get to the flat rooftop, which is used as another room. But the, the stairs weren't like nice and big like this. These were little, like small, little, just wooden pegs that stuck out of the house for you to get to the top. So these friends were on mission. Many would have given up. Many would have said, you know what, maybe next time. Maybe next time when Jesus is in town, we'll, we'll be in the front of the line. But today we got late. You know, we were late to church. We were late to bringing um, our friend to Jesus. There's too many people. Let's just forget about it. Let's, let's wait outside in hopes that Jesus passes by and sees us. No, these guys were determined because their friend did not just get physically healed that day. They got spiritually healed. You see, they were willing to lead their friend to Jesus, body and soul. There was a physical healing, but then there was a spiritual healing when he says, your sins are forgiven. See, if great is possible, I have this quote that I wrote in my book, in my Bible, many years ago. I can't remember who said it. I was at a conference, a music conference, and they said, if great is possible, good is is not enough. But being a friend, having a friend who would carry me to Jesus is good. Having a friend that is willing to do what it takes is good. Having a friend that will pour into my life and talk to me about Jesus and encourage me and help me is good. But being a friend that would bring others to Jesus is great. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, if you know who Jesus is and you have a relationship, being a friend that is able to say, I want transformation for the people around me. I want a heart change. I want a mind change. Being a friend that is willing to bring others to Jesus. Now that's great. 
I wonder how those four friends felt. They're like, man, we, we went miles. We carried him. We're tired. We broke apart the roof. Listen, guys, they broke apart the roof. They didn't know that they had to do this. This was not part of their plan. Their plan was to bring their friend to Jesus. Bam, here he is. Jesus healed him. But they came to a spot where there was so much people, there was crowds, that now they let's put our thinking caps. What are we going to do, y'all? We have to let him see Jesus. What are we going to do? Let's get to the rooftop. Let's break apart this roof. Imagine trying to break a, a tile roof with no tools. Did you ever think about that? Their fingers were probably bloody. Their arms, their knees, whatever they were using to break apart that roof was probably bloody. But they were willing to do what it takes so that their friend could be in a place of physical and emotional and a spiritual healing. We can all be like that friend. We can all be like that friend. Ask me how. Thank you. I'm glad you asked. Um, How can I be a great friend and not just a good one? In James chapter 5 in the Bible, in verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I want to highlight a part. It says, and pray for one another. If you are taking notes, point number one, lift your friends up. Lift your friends up in prayer. You see, these four men literally lifted, literally lifted up your, their friend. But I'm asking you to lift your friends up in prayer. I remember a song growing up in church when I was small. It says, you can talk about me just as much as you please. You can talk about me just as much as you please. You can talk about me just as much as you please. I'll talk about you down on my knees all my sins are washed away I've been redeemed are you getting down on your knees and talking to God about your friends are you interceding on their behalf that word intercede I know people are like oh that's such a churchy word let me explain what the word intercede means it means to stand in the gap for somebody so that you can meet their needs through Jesus that you can do what it takes for them by getting on your need but I'm not talking about just these prayers that we do in past and these prayers that say Lord Jesus my friend is sick can you just help them intercede in is praying for the person like it was yourself. Would I pray if I was sick and I had problems, would I pray just, Lord Jesus, help my sickness in Jesus' name, amen. Or would I be crying out, Lord Jesus, in this moment, I need a great physician. I need him to touch me. I need his healing. Am I praying for, am I interceding for my friends like I would pray for myself? I need you guys to intercede on your friend's behalf. You see, it didn't just take one person. It took how many guys? It took four people. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, God is in the midst. Am I asking others to pray for my friend? Am I getting a group of people and saying, y'all, we need to pray together? And I'm so glad that this church has a a prayer team because God is there in the midst. I believe that there's power in prayer. That's power when more than one person is praying for the same thing, that there is power in prayer. We can't just pray alone. We need to gather sometimes around the person and pray. They gathered around their, their friend and they lifted him up together. How many of us are taking that time to gather around our friends and lift them up? I'm going to do a side note on, on this point. The same point, lift your friends up in spirit. How many of us are encouraging our friends? 
Or are we just, you know, it says misery likes company. Are we just there as a sounding board that when they share negative things, when they share hard times, like, oh my goodness, yeah, I know, it's so hard. Life, life is so same with me. Are you just waddling in misery or are you encouraged and saying, you know what, you're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. I am right by yourself. Let us pray. Let us do what it takes. Do you have those friends in your life that is willing to do what it takes? Point number two. I'm going through this quick. I only have three points, guys. Create in an environment where your friends can encounter Jesus. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I'm going to read that again. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Birds of a feather flock together, right? Am I creating an atmosphere that will rub off on my friends? Am I creating an atmosphere of joy? Am I creating an atmosphere of love? Am I creating an atmosphere where they can feel the Holy Spirit? They can encounter Jesus. Am I creating an environment where my friends can encounter Jesus? You see, I have, I have these seeds here. Don't worry about me and my cups, guys. I have these seeds here. Okay, I know you guys can't see it. But I have these seeds here, and there's no me wishing that these seeds will grow. I cannot, in my own power, make these seeds grow. There's no me looking at it and staring and saying, grow seeds, grow seeds. You can do this. I believe in you. But yet, I can create an environment which allows the seeds to grow. I could put them in soil and I could water them and I could put them out to the sun so that they could get the nutrients and the oxygen and the H2Os and all these other O's that they need in order for them to grow. Science, I know you guys looked at me like, PC, what is all the O's? Um, you guys know what I need talking about, but the sun and all that stuff, all the good stuff for it to grow. Am I willing to create an environment for that seed to grow? Are you willing to create an environment for your friends to have transformation for the Holy Spirit? Because you are not the Holy Spirit. You cannot change somebody's heart, but the Holy Spirit can. And we come every Sunday to create an environment where people can encounter Jesus. Are you allowing water? Are you watering people down with the word in Jesus' name? Are you watering your friends down with the word? Are you leading them to the sun, S-O-N? Are you leading them to Jesus because they need the sun in their life in order to grow? Are you creating an environment around you that allows transformation? to take place are you that kind of friend there's a quote from William Thomas that I read and I don't have it on the screen I apologize but it says be careful how you live you will be the only bible some people ever read your environment around you the way you live, the way you talk, the way you encourage, the way you speak over people's life, sometimes that's the only Bible that they will ever experience. So do it well. You see, I, I used to be negative, and sometimes I still am. I'm a number six on the Enneagram for those who are sixes. Um, fear just drops in my mind easily, and I go to straight the next, oh, I can't do this. It's impossible. This is too hard. I'm scared. And I could be a, a, a Debbie Downer sometimes because I go to that fear mode. I go to that, let me stay in my comfort zone and do what I can do. And I go to a place of being comfortable. But thank you, Jesus, that I had friends around me that set an environment of positivity, PC, don't say that. You can do it. You can do it. You can stretch through. You can push through. Don't do that. Don't do this. You can stand up. You can be strong. God, God has anointed you for such a time as this. You know how many prayers that I get prayed on a Sunday morning before I come up here? Because the devil is trying to take over my mind. They have set an atmosphere of positivity 
so that their positive energy rubs off on me. And their positive energy is not the scientific energy. This is the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Never give up on your friends. They never gave up on me. That's point number three. Point number three, if you're taking notes. Never give up on your friends. And let us grow weary. This is Galatians chapter 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due seasons we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. If we do not give up, never stop praying for your friends. Never stop showing them love. They could be in the pit. They could be dealing with addictions. They could be struggling. They could be a negative Nancy like I was. Never give up on your friends. Never stop inviting them to have an encounter with Jesus. And that doesn't mean you always have to invite them to church. I would love you to invite them to church. But those that don't want to step into church, are you bringing church to them? Never stop giving up on your friends. And church family, I just want to ask you, are you willing to break apart the roof? Are you willing to break apart the roof in our culture codes? If you don't know what that is, you go to our website, thisisrelevant.cc, and there's an area that says about, of course, about the church and culture. And it has culture codes, and you hear us say different phrases. Are you willing to do what it takes is one of our culture codes. Are you willing to do what it takes to... Allow somebody, one of your friends, your loved ones, your family member to experience Jesus Christ. Are you willing to break apart the roof? Are you willing to get dirty and and dusty? Are you willing to get hurt and bleed? Are you willing so that somebody else can encounter Jesus? Are you willing to break apart the roof? I believe that God wants your life to be a living testimony. I believe God wants to use you to bring his prodigal sons and daughters home. But you have to be willing to break apart the roofs in your lives. And set an environment where they can encounter Jesus. Remember the Holy Spirit is, what, is the one that does the transformation. It's not us. But we can always make room. Are you willing to make room? One of the last culture codes that I'm going to talk about today, it says, you hear us say it. Angie says it a lot. Pastor, Pastor Zach, Pastor Lewis, when they're emceeing up here, they say it a lot. It says, we're a church that is not friendly, but we make. Are we a church that is not just friendly, but we make friends? Being friendly says, I hope you feel better. Being a friend says, I'm coming over to help you while you're sick. Okay? Being friendly says, ah, that sucks. Your car broke down. Hmm. Being a friend says, how can I serve you? I'm willing to give you a ride. I actually have an extra car in my garage that you can use until yours is fixed. That's what being a friend is. Being friendly says, oh, I'm sorry you're going through problems. But being a friend says, let me walk you through it. I'll be there every step of the way. How can I pray for you? How can I lift you up? How can I encourage you? Am I sending an environment around you that gets you through this problem? Being friendly says, hey, you should come to my church. Being a friend says, I'm picking you up at 930, be ready. Why? Because we know that sometimes our friends may need to feel that it, that is difficult. Our friends feel that it's difficult to get to Jesus. I've experienced it where I felt it's difficult to get to Jesus. There's a crowd. There's too many in my way. I can't get to Jesus. I can't see him. I can't hear him. I'm too far. But are you willing to get your friends to Jesus? There's obstacles in the way. The roof is hard. I don't want to just be friendly. I want to be somebody's friend. I want to create an environment where transformation can take place. Are you willing to 
do what it takes and never give up. Because there's a man and his name is Jesus and he never gave up on us. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity and there was a man named Jesus that God sent down to this earth as a babe, that he had to live a life full. His environment was full of sin, right? His environment encountered sin, but he lived a sinless life. Why? Because he loved us so much, he never gave up on us to the point that he was on the cross. And he died a death that belonged to you and me. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. Oh, what a privilege to carry. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are you wonder? He's a wonder-working God. We serve a wonder-working God. He can heal us physically and spiritually. And if he chooses not to heal this body that is here on this earth, if he heals your soul, you're going to have a greater body in heaven. You're going to have a greater body. If he chooses, because that's one of the things that we hear and we experience is death in this world, right? Why did God allow this person to die? Why did God allow? And listen, it could be on that person's deathbed where they gave their life to Jesus Christ because you never gave up. Their physical body may have not been healed, but their spiritual body is with the Lord. Are you willing to do what it takes? Because he's a wonder-working God. He heals physically and spiritually. And today I know that there's people here that want a spiritual healing, but then there's also people that need a physical healing. And then there's also people that are friends that want their friends to have a physical or spiritual healing. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.